give God your best praise today. Come on, I know it's Sunday morning uh, and you came in here with your nice suit uh, and your pretty dress, uh, but I wonder this morning uh, if there's anybody in this place uh, that came with a made-up mind. Uh, I want every promise. Uh, I want every breakthrough. Uh, I want every blessing uh, that God said uh, I could have. Uh, I wish somebody would take about 60 seconds uh, and just lift your voice uh, and declare it's mine. Uh, declare it's mine. It's mine. Uh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout in this place. Uh, somebody shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. Come on, put those hands together one more time and give God a great praise in this house. Whoa! Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Why don't you high-five about six people on the way to your seat? Uh, tell them it's time to have church in this place. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, if you're happy and you know it, somebody clap your hands one more time and give the Lord some praise. Amen, amen. I want to say on behalf of this church and the beautiful First Lady, whew, what a privilege and what an honor it is to have every one of our guests and our visitors in the house of the Lord today. Rock Church, would you help me give a great ovation and help me make some noise? For Oliver, come on, we can do better than that. Help me make some noise for all of our guests that are here with us today. We are so delighted to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. If this is your first time here at the Rock Church, you should have received a VIP card when you walked in the lobby this morning. If you're here for the first time and you didn't receive one of those, if you would just lift your hand, we'll get one to you right away if anybody did not get one that vip card is an invitation for you immediately following the service we have a room prepared with some light refreshments and a small gift that we would love to give you as a token of our appreciation for being here and we want to take a moment just to get to know you so when the service is dismissed when you walk out into the lobby you'll find a red carpet and if you go to that red carpet there'll be somebody there to escort you back. We, you are our guest of honor today. Amen, Rock Church? Amen. And we're so glad to have you in the house of the Lord. We have a little saying uh, with all of our guests around here that you are only a guest for the first five minutes that you come through the door. That means that everybody in this building right now has been here longer than five minutes. We just want to tell you welcome home. You're just part of the family. Amen. Would you turn to somebody on your left, somebody on your right, and just tell them welcome home this morning? Come on, maybe in front of you, somebody behind you. Don't leave anybody untouched. Just tell them welcome home this morning. We're so glad to have you in the house of the Lord. want to say welcome to all of those who are streaming with us live this morning on all of our platforms. We're grateful that you joined us for what the Lord is doing in this house. Amen. And uh, we are so thankful for all that God is doing in this house. Uh, what an amazing past couple of weeks that we have had in this place. And uh, many, many souls being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. How many of you are thankful for revival this morning? <laughs> Amen. And we're so thankful for what God is doing. We want to say what a privilege and an honor it is today to have some very special guests with us here all the way from Generette, Louisiana. It is so wonderful to have my dear friend, this great man of God, his family, and some of our friends here, Pastor and First Lady Wesley Jackson. Would you help me give a great big welcome to them this morning? And uh, so good to have him and his amazing wife and their three amazing children. Uh, I don't know if we can even call them children anymore. Young adults uh, with us this morning. 
we affectionately just call them the Jackson Five. They're the real Jackson Five. <laughs> and uh, we are so honored to have them here. And it is so good to have Sister Calhoun with us this morning, all the way from Texarkana, Texas. She's traveling with them, and it is a privilege to have her in the house of the Lord. And so good to have young brother Keith with us, all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, in the house of the Lord with us today. And uh, we're just so privileged to have you here. I don't know about you, but I came expecting God to do something great in this house. Amen. Would you stand with me all over the sanctuary as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord into this house? Amen. We are so thankful for what God is doing. And uh, I, am, I am just thrilled this morning to have Pastor Jackson with us. And uh, I could not put into words this morning how much this man, his ministry, and his friendship mean to me. I could probably count on one hand, less than one hand, the men that if I really was in trouble that I would call and this man is one of them and I love him God has used him in just a miraculous way across this country he and his wife currently lead a thriving growing apostolic church in Generette Louisiana He is a highly sought-after preacher across our country, and uh, we are just delighted that he and his family are here. I want him to come, and I want him to just obey the Holy Ghost. How many of you are ready to just ride the chariot with the man of God today? One more time as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord. Would you lift your hands and lift your voice all over this sanctuary? Come on, would you lift your voice with your hands? as we stand prepared for the word of the Lord in this place. Brother Jackson, come preach the word of the Lord to us today. Come on, you want to give the Lord another great big hand clap of praise and thanksgiving? Come on, why don't you do it out of your heart as unto the Lord? You may be seated here for just a moment. I want to say... Indeed, that it is not your honor to have us, it is our honor to be here. And uh, I greet and salute the wonderful saints of God that are in this house today. And, uh, let me just commend you and tell you that you are a true example of what a Book of Acts church is supposed to look like and act like. I salute you today. That, that does not just happen, that comes through great leadership. That's right. And the Rock Church of Fort Myers has some of the greatest leadership in the history of the church. With Pastor Randy Williams, First Lady Barbara Williams, Isaac, Judah. You are a blessed people. You know that, don't you? my burden is to the most wonderful people of God in deep south Louisiana right in the heart of Cajun country and I give up very few of my Sundays I like being uh, with the people that God has called me to shepherd and lead but if I was going to give up being with them there's no people I would rather be with than pastor and sister Williams, their family, and the beautiful Rock Church of Fort Myers. God bless you today. I thought as he was introducing me, uh, South Louisiana, it's a, it's a different part of the world. They tell the story of uh, one of them sweet, cantankerous Cajun ladies said at the funeral of her 
husband, they begin to, the minister begin to give the eulogy. And he was just saying all these wonderful things. He said she got up from the front row where she was at. Right while he was eulogizing him, looked into that big pine box, looked up at that preacher, said, I just had to check, make sure we was all here with the right person. <laughs> and so that's how I felt about that introduction today. I appreciate those kind words. But I do know that in my flesh is no good thing. And should something good come from this service today and from this word, it will be only because of the goodness and grace of our great God. Are you thankful that his grace is sufficient? Even late in the midnight hour, God can still turn it around. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in this house today. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. Well, I, I do, I mean this, I count it a double honor to get to be here. My daddy used to have a saying. He said, son, make sure when you're making friends, you get some you can ride the river with. And that is the kind of friend that Brother Randy Williams has been to us. Uh, and, and I'm not going to preach long this morning. I can't say the same about tonight. But this morning, I'm as... Sister Williams, what a true example of a Christian lady that you are. I walked, I walked in late last night. Uh, I wanted to, we got in late. I wanted to come by this church and pray. And it just so happened the Williamses were still here and let us in and showed us around. And uh, Brother Williams knocked on Sister Williams' office door wanting to show me that. And she said, well, she said, these boys, they've got stuff everywhere. And he said, well, that don't matter nothing to him. And she said, well, first impressions are the most important impression. And I stepped in, and I say this very respectfully, her eyes were all puffy. You could tell she had been alone with Jesus you could tell that she had not just been praying, but she had really been praying. And I told her, I said, Sister Williams, this is the best first impression anybody could receive. Knowing that there is a praying first lady. This church is blessed, not with just a preacher second to none in Brother Williams, but in a prayer warrior second to none in Sister Williams. I salute you today in Jesus' name. You can stand with me, and we're going to go to the book of Acts, the second chapter. And as you're turning to all of our guests here today, I will unashamedly acknowledge you are being cheated this morning. This church will be polite and not clap at me saying that, but they know I'm telling the truth because there is no greater preacher in Pentecost than Randy Williams. They, they talk about the it factor. You can teach and help develop a lot of things, but when it comes to the it factor, you either have it or you don't have it. And Brother Williams, he's got it. And uh, he could just learn to sing. Acts, the second chapter. My family, I'm so honored to have them today. It's not always that they travel with me. Uh, I love my wife, my three children, and uh, this week my bonus kids, Sister Chanel, Brother Braden, love them. Now, my wife, she does travel with me more than my children. My children at the age, it's hard to get them to go anywhere. There was something stirred up in them when I said, well, we have this wedding, but then we're going to Fort Myers. They packed so quick. <laughs> I know what the deal is. I don't like that welcome home business, though. 
That's for everybody else. That ain't for either one of my girls, I tell you that. For some reason, they catch your attention while you're here. You need to fall in love with Cajun country before you fall in love with either of my girls. So uh, that's the word from the Lord today. This is just a land yeah, but we're getting ready to get into. Amen. Acts chapter number 2, verse number 38, the anthem of the real church. Then... Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, not ye might, not there's a good possibility, uh, not if you're the right color, not if you're the right class, uh, not if you voted for the right person, uh, not if you're from the right side of the tracks, uh, but if you'll repent, and you'll get baptized in Jesus' name, uh, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But that's not the best part, Brother Williams, of this passage. The best part is right here. For the promise uh, is unto you uh, and unto your children uh, and all that are far off, uh, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And if God would help me today, uh, I want to preach what they just sang. Uh, if you want it, uh, you can have it. I want you to just turn to somebody and I want you to tell them, uh, if you want it, uh, you don't have to wait for it. Uh, you don't have to keep looking for it. Uh, but you can leave here today uh, with the greatest gift uh, in all the world. Uh, somebody put your hands together. Uh, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph right now. Hey, hey, hey. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments in the rich, wonderful presence of our great God. I, I want to declare to you very quickly today that the initial infilling and then the indwelling and continually being renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost is the only answer for mankind. It is not just a answer. It is the only answer for our world. We, we have a lot of people who with good intentions are trying to provide answers to people as they struggle and as they battle their way through life. There are all kinds of organizations. There are all kinds of things that man is trying to come up with to help man. But man is not the answer for man. Uh, only God is the answer for humanity. And I'm happy to tell you today, uh, you're in a house where we're not trying to promote programs, uh, but we can tell you how to get the power, uh, the power to live an overcoming life, uh, the power to live a victorious life, uh, and the power to make it until you hear, well done, uh, thy good and faithful servant. I, I, I am not uh, political. I, I, I certainly believe that we should keep politics out of the church because as the church, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. And 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 in saying that, I'm, I'm weary of people thinking that government can provide the answer. Uh, you need to understand today if you're in trouble, if you're in despair, if your world is falling apart, uh, if you're suffering from abuse, if you're bound by depression, uh, if you're struggling with addiction, uh, it doesn't matter who's elected November 4th, uh, they're not your answer. Uh, government is not the answer. Uh, the Holy Ghost is the answer. 
no doubt with a number of guests that are here today. There are people from all kinds of denominal backgrounds. And I, I just have to tell you that just like government is not the answer, uh, religion is not the answer. Uh, you, you can't religious your way uh, into freedom and into power and to an overcoming life. Uh, religion is not the answer. Uh, when you see all that we're doing and the way that we're acting and we extend an invitation to you to become a part of us, uh, we're not asking you to join another religion. Uh, this is not simply a denomination. Uh, what we're trying to invite you to uh, is an experience uh, with God uh, through the power uh, of the Holy Ghost. Social reform is not the answer. Social justice will not bring any race, any kind of peace. Uh, let me tell you, there's only one peace that passeth all understanding, uh, and it's through the power uh, of the Holy Ghost. I, I know this is simple today. I'm, I'm just a simple preacher. Matter of fact, just, just recently I had uh, some young evangelists with me, and, and they were asking, they said, you know, what, what is the key uh, to... to uh, I guess they used the word success, but what they were talking about is people wanting to have us, and then when we get there, people wanting to keep us. And, and without hesitation, I looked at both of those young men, and I said, minister to people, don't try to impress people. And so, so today, uh, though I couldn't if I wanted to, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm being very simple because I want to minister to you. Because there are people in this house today uh, that you barely made it to this service this morning. Uh, you come from a terrible background. Uh, you come from a long line of generational curses, alcoholics and drug addicts and abusers. And, 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 and you have sought help in so many places. Uh, and you didn't need an intellectual word today. Uh, you needed somebody to give you the answer. Uh, and so I'm not trying to impress anybody in this house. Uh, but you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again. Uh, if you really want deliverance, uh, today you can have it. Uh, if you really want victory in your life, uh, today you can have it. Uh, if you really want uh, to shake off the addictions uh, and wave your past goodbye, uh, you can have it. Uh, but if you're going to have it, uh, you got to get it like everybody else got it. Uh, you have to have the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's Jesus on the inside, uh, working on the outside, uh, making a change in your life. And I'm just going to tell you here today, there's not just going to be one or two get the Holy Ghost. You get ready. It's fixed to get like the day of Pentecost around here. There's a lot of people. You might not have even known why you came. You might just be here because granny wouldn't leave you alone. Or the van driver just kept handing you cards. But you're here today on purpose not to visit us, but to have an audience with the king. You're getting ready to be filled with the most amazing, incredible, unexplainable experience, the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you do not have the Holy Ghost, I will just tell you very plainly, you need it. And if you want to be saved, you have to have it. Now let me move on. If you're here today with the Holy Ghost, you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost and you can't be saved without a continual renewing. Because to live in victory, it's not just getting the Holy Ghost, but it's keeping the Holy Ghost. And the way you keep the Holy Ghost uh, is the same way you get the Holy Ghost. Uh, you just keep coming back to the well and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking and then drinking some more. And... And so very quickly to some of our guests who may not understand all that I'm talking about, I want to help you see today that the Holy Ghost is not a rock church thing. It, 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 it's not a Pentecostal thing. It's not an apostolic thing. But it is something uh, 
that for ages uh, the Old Testament writers being the schoolmaster uh, would point towards the day that you and I are living in right now. For it is recorded and foretold many times by the great prophets of the Old Testament as they were moved on by something that you and I are able to go home with, as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost, they would begin to write and they would begin to pen the words prophetically foretelling what would be that which would help man live an overcoming life. You need to understand that the indwelling and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not just a New Testament thing, but rather it was the primary moment to which the Old Testament telescopes through its writers the day when God could once again dwell with and in man. The Old Testament writers would foretell that that which was lost in the garden through the deception of the devil and sin will one day be restored. Restored. In other words, these prophets were shaking their fist at the adversary. Say, you think you got us down and we can't get up. But you just wait, baby. There's a day coming when God is going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We, we get glimpses of this the prophet Jeremiah would write, uh, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts. Uh, write it in their hearts. Uh, I will be their God. Uh, they shall be my people. They shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, uh, for they all shall know me. Uh, and I like this, uh, from the least uh, to the greatest, uh, saith the Lord. Uh, and this is how they're going to know me. Uh, I'm going to forgive uh, their iniquity. Uh, I'm going to put a plan in place uh, where they don't just have to sacrifice uh, to roll their sins ahead uh, and stay bound, uh, hoping I'll continue to have mercy. Uh, but I'm getting ready to bridge the gap. Uh, I'm getting ready uh, to forgive their iniquities uh, and to remember their sin no more. Joel would write about it. He said, it shall come to pass afterward. I will pour out my spirit upon some flesh. No, no. Let me tell you about the Holy Ghost today. It's colorblind. It's culture blind. It's social blind. Let me tell you about the church. There's only one culture, and that's the culture of Christ. He said, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. So you see the Old Testament pointing towards it. Then you see in the beginning of the Gospels how that John would prophesy. Matthew 3, as he's baptizing in the Jordan, he said, I'm baptizing you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me, he is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with, everybody shout, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. And with fire. Jesus would not just leave it to the prophets, nor would he leave it simply to the apostles and the preachers of the days of the gospel, but he himself would prophetically foretell what was getting ready to soon happen because of his robing himself in flesh and being on earth and rubbing shoulders with humanity. He said, even the spirit of truth, uh, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, uh, 
but ye know him, uh, for he dwelleth with you. Uh, he's talking about himself. He said, let me tell you about the spirit. Uh, right now, uh, it's dwelling with you. Uh, right now, I'm breaking bread, and I'm giving you words, and I'm telling you parables, uh, and I'm showing you how to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Uh, I'm telling you and showing you how to treat your neighbor uh, and how to turn the other cheek. Uh, I'm teaching you how to be disciples. Uh, this spirit uh, is with you. Uh, he said, but there's coming a day. Uh, it's not just going to be with you uh, because if it's just with me, uh, I can be separated from it. Uh, he said, but let me tell you about the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's not just going to be with you, uh, but I'm getting ready to make a way uh, where it can be in you. Uh, I'm getting ready to make a way uh, where you can't just have joy when you come to church, uh, but you can have joy uh, when you have to go back home to that hell hole. Uh, you won't just have joy uh, when you're at prayer meeting, uh, but you can have joy on the job uh, and joy in your marriage uh, and joy in your circumstances uh, and peace in your life. He said, it's not just going to be with you. It's going to be in you. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. John 20, Jesus said to them again, peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And he showed how they would go out and be victorious. For he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And lastly, in just showing you, though I could go on and on and on today, how that the infilling and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost is a biblical thing, not a Pentecostal thing, but it is a biblical thing. It's not grandmama thing, it's biblical. It's not anti so and so, it's biblical. It's not denominal, it's biblical. It's not religious, it's biblical. For Jesus, the last day, the great day of the feast, stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, if you're in trouble and you can't get out of it, if you've got scars that are haunting you and you can't escape from them, if you've got situations in your life where it seems like suicide is the only answer, he said, don't do that. Listen to what I'm crying. If you thirst, don't turn to the world. Don't turn to psychology. Don't, don't, don't turn to Prozac and antidepressants and anti-anxiety. He said, let me tell you what you do. If you're thirsty, come to me. He said, because this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you rest. And he that believeth on me, now, you, you got to get this. Our, our, our wonderful visitors here today say, boy, he's singling us out. You better believe I am. Because I don't understand why anybody would not want the Holy Ghost. And for the life of me, when you have people that don't have the Holy Ghost, I can't imagine anybody that has it not wanting to tell somebody how to get it. Because it is the most marvelous. Hey, hey, let me just take a preach break and tell you all these people that you've seen clapping and dancing and shouting and running and twirling uh, and smiling, uh, they haven't lost their mind. Uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost, uh, they found their right mind. Uh, see, what you don't realize is they look cute today, uh, but there's a lot of these young ladies dancing uh, that they've been abused by wicked stepfathers. Uh, there's a lot of these young men today that were singing uh, that they come out of drug addiction. 
Christian. They come out of alcoholism. They're straight up out of the ghetto. But one day somebody told them about the Holy Ghost. One day somebody told them she hadn't always been jumping up and down in an aisle. There was a day she didn't have no hope. But somebody told her, if you're thirsty and you want it, you can have it. He said, out, out. <laughs> I'm going to put it in you. Right now I'm with you, but I'm going to put it in you. Uh, and out of your belly uh, shall flow rivers uh, of living water. Uh, they were a little bit confused that day. Uh, they didn't have the understanding that we have this morning. Uh, and they looked around. What is he talking about? Uh, and the writer just stops and said, uh, This spake he uh, of the Spirit, uh, which they that believed on him should receive. Uh, for the Holy Ghost uh, was not yet given. Uh, so here one more time, Jesus is looking around. Uh, and he's seeing the hurt. Uh, and he's seeing the pain. Uh, and he's seeing the depression. And he's seeing the fear. And he's seeing the frustration. And he sees a world that's in chaos. America in 2020 is not the first country to be turned upside down. Nero's burning Rome. They're getting ready to crucify anybody that has faith. And Jesus looks out over all that. And he says, I got the answer, boys. And if you want it, you can have it. If you want it. You can have it. It won't just be with you, but I'll give it to you, and it shall dwell in you. And if you want it today, and I, I can't imagine anybody not wanting it. If you're here today, and just with what you felt and seen and experienced, in this poor pitiful word that you've had to endure and hear, if you don't want it by now, just hang on just another minute. Because before you leave here, you're going to want it if you don't already want it. But you know what else I'm happy to tell you? If you want it, and you've been wanting it since you walked in here and felt it, you don't have to wait for me to stop preaching. Uh, you don't have to wait for the singers and musicians to come back up here and start singing. Uh, I'm going to tell you right where you're sitting. Uh, you can lift your hands because it's a promise to you. Uh, Y'all sit down. I'm just talking. But I feel like preaching. I, I'm going to give you just a couple more reasons. Why, if you don't want it yet, you should want it. Can I do that? I said I wasn't going to be long today. I didn't mean to intentionally lie. Of course, I've heard Brother Williams preach. You are used to long. No, I'm just. I'm going to tell you why, if you don't have the Holy Ghost and you don't want it yet, you should want it. Because the Holy Ghost brings life. And restoration. Well, one of the most famous passages of scriptures in all the holy writ is Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. And you know the story that God calls Elisha up and Ezekiel up and begins to give him a vision. And he shows him a vision not just of Israel in that day, but some of you here today. And it was a valley that was full of dry bones. They were dismembered. They were disconnected. It didn't look like that there was any hope of them. And matter of fact, God asks Ezekiel, he says, can these bones live? And if you think we're the first preachers to try to walk the fine line and be politically correct, you need to meet Brother Ezekiel. He looks at that, and he knows how he should answer or how he wants to answer. See, let me tell you, I'm not preaching today because of a personality. I'm not preaching today 
Because I think your situation has hope from a standpoint of man. Because Brother Williams, I've had a lot of people show up at our church that when I looked at them and God asked me, do you think these people can have help? I could only answer the way Ezekiel answered. Uh, only you know. In other words, uh, if it's going to happen, uh, it's going to take more than what I've got. See, you're finally at a place uh, that'll be truthful with you. Uh, you are in a mess. Uh, you are in a bad situation. Uh, according to the world, uh, you are without help. Uh, and everybody else will tell you, uh, I can help you come here. Uh, I can help you go there. Uh, I can help you do this. Uh, I can help you buy that. Uh, and they lie and they lie and they lie. Uh, I can help you vote this. Uh, I can help you vote that. Uh, I can help you do this. I'm the answer. Do that. And they lie and they lie and they lie. But let me tell you today, straight faced and with honesty, I can't help you. But there's a God. There's a God. He's bigger than me and he's bigger than you. He's bigger than your addiction. He's bigger than your divorce. He's bigger than your abuse. He's bigger than your alcoholism. He's bigger than your drug addiction. He's bigger than the pornography that has you bound. He's bigger than your insecurities. He's bigger than your depression. He's bigger than your fear. He's bigger than anything that could come against you. And if you can get him, if God be for you, I can't help you. But through God, you can become more than a conqueror. He stops Ezekiel, and he says, oh, yeah, let me show you how they're going to live. You preach to them. It still takes preaching. Not entertaining, it takes preaching. You can Google T.D. Jakes and be entertained, but you need to come to the Rock Church of Fort Myers and let a man of God not impress you, but just preach to you. For those of you who don't understand the preaching part of the service, let me help you get some revelation. And let me also help give you some understanding uh, why we don't try to tie it in a pretty box and give it to you in 20 minutes uh, and walk away uh, and try to convince ourselves we've done good. Uh, because preaching uh, that puts lives back together uh, is not something that can be hurried. Uh, it's something uh, that has to be carried. We... We live in an ADHD society. Uh, you want to pull through McDonald's, give your order, throw your money in the window, take your food, and go. Uh, you don't have an attention span more than about three minutes. Uh, but if you want your life put back together, uh, faith comes by hearing, uh, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, and how can they hear uh, without a preacher? Uh, Rock Church, uh, it was preaching that put you back together. Uh, don't you ever put a timer on your man of God. It was preaching that brought you out. It was preaching that picked you up. It was preaching that brought encouragement into your life. See, this, this is the problem in 2020. There's a lot of preachers don't mind preaching, Brother Williams, but they want to preach what they want to preach. And that's why people, including some of you here today, you've went to church all your life somewhere else yet never received help. Because he told Ezekiel, he said, you can't just preach what you want to preach, but you preach what thus saith the Lord. Let me just, let me just tell you, I'll be honest with you today. There's a big part of me. I didn't want to preach something so simple. I didn't want to preach something so elementary that a lot of these people can teach in a search for truth better than I can preach it from behind this pulpit. But see, when you're interested in seeing people helped, 
You have to preach what God gives you to preach. See, and, and usually when God gives a preacher something to preach, uh, it, 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 it makes you hurt before it makes you feel helped. <laughs> because see, preaching and God's going to put lives back together here today. Just like he did in Ezekiel 37 because it's life and restoration. But preaching does not tell you that you can just get fixed. It first tells you you've got to repent. In other words, real preaching will tell you you can be delivered from that addiction. But firstly, you've got to acknowledge that you don't have it together. That alcoholism is running your life. That pornography is tearing up your home. That the drugs are ruining your finances. See, you can't get God and keep you. You can't have both. And so you got to let a preacher tell you, you got to be set free from alcoholism. You've got to be set free from drug addiction. You can't be saved due to pornography. You can't get right with God trying to do it the way of the world. And Ezekiel said, I, I wasn't real sure about it. But I got to preaching what God gave me. And I looked around. And I noticed that bones were coming together. See, religion and politics tears people apart, but the Word of God puts them back together. And he said, as I preached, bones were connected, and they started taking shape of normal things again. And then muscles and sinews started being added onto them bones, and then, and then skin come over that muscles up. And he said, I looked around, uh, and I thought this preaching uh, is really something that's powerful. But then he says, even though I kept preaching, there was a point that I couldn't get them any better. That's why you got to have the Holy Ghost. Because I don't care who your preacher is, there's only so much he can do. And Ezekiel goes back to God. And he said, you didn't just ask me, could these be put back together? You asked me, can these bones live? And he said, I preached, and it looks better, but my preaching is still not enough. And God speaks back to him. It's okay, Zeke. You were just part of the plan. You weren't all the plan. He said, this is what you're going to do now. You're going to quit preaching to the bones, and you're going to start praying to the Spirit. And the Bible says that as Ezekiel began to pray, see, you got to let me preach. But if you really want help when this is over, you got to come up here and pray. Because when Ezekiel got to praying, all of a sudden, people, People started standing up, uh, and the Bible said they didn't just stand up, uh, but they became an exceeding uh, great army. Uh, I've come to tell somebody, uh, your failure is not final. Uh, your failure, the mess you're in today, uh, it's not the end of things. Uh, if somehow uh, you can get the courage to pray uh, until you get the Holy Ghost, uh, God will raise you up. It's life. Jesus said the thief come to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life. So everybody shout, the Holy Ghost gives life. Let me tell you what the Holy Ghost also does. It gives you power to overcome life. See, you're just at a place where preachers are honest. And I'm not saying, guess where you're from, they may be dishonest. I'm just telling you about us. 
I can't say anything about them. But this is a misconception that a lot of people get that I don't want you to leave here with today. The Holy Ghost doesn't exempt you from life. It just gives you the power to live overcoming in life. See. Girl, how long have you had the Holy Ghost? Five years. Isn't this awesome? Turn around where they can see you. What a godly, beautiful young lady. Did you have trouble when you come to church? Was your life a wreck when you come to church? Did you feel pretty hopeless when you come to church? You did. Let me ask you this. Now that you've had the Holy Ghost five years, hadn't it been wonderful not having any trouble? I mean, since you've had the Holy Ghost, hadn't you always had enough money to just do everything you want to do and buy anything? Now that you've had the Holy Ghost, does that mean nobody's tried to do anything wrong to you? No, nobody's tried to take advantage of you, or nobody's tried to discourage you, or nobody's made fun of you. And I know this, since you've had the Holy Ghost, you've never been discriminated against. I told you the preacher has to kind of tell every culture in this house today, the Holy Ghost doesn't exempt you from discrimination. But it'll give you the power to overcome discrimination. I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost really wants to help somebody here today. Let me tell you, there's only one color in the church, and that's red, the color of the blood. But let me tell you, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, that that don't mean there ain't going to be people saying negative, derogatory things. But see, when you get the Holy Ghost... Instead of going out on Saturday night tearing things up in rage, you come to midnight prayer meeting and you say, God, help them experience what I've experienced because this is the real answer. See, the Holy Ghost doesn't exempt you from life, but it gives you the power to live an overcoming life. And Jesus declared that in Acts 1 and 8. Uh, he said, you shall receive power. Uh, you shall receive power. Uh, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, and the power uh, is going to make you a witness. Uh, it's going to help you when you get through dancing on Sunday morning. Uh, go back out to the neighborhood uh, and get somebody else uh, and say, if you want it, uh, you can have it. Uh, if you want it, uh, you can have it. Uh, if you want it, uh, you can have it. Uh, if you want it, uh, I can tell you how to get peace. Uh, I can tell you how to get shot. See, we're in wars that we can't win on our own. Racism is as old as humanity. And let me tell you something about racism. It's going to be here till Jesus comes back. And you don't have the ability to break it in the world. But God will give you the power to break it in your world. See, the Holy Ghost doesn't exempt you from life. Because in Revelation we read things like, These are they which overcome.
means they didn't get to quit duking it out. They just got on the winning team. And see, we're dealing with unwinnable wars in our world on our own. But I could take you to the book of Judges, and I could read to you things like, and the Spirit of God came over Gideon. And the Spirit of God came over Samson. And the Spirit of God came over Deborah. I could take you to Samuel and read to you where the Spirit of God came over David. I, I, I could take you to the kings uh, and show you where the Spirit of God came over Elisha and Elijah. You know what it's telling us? Uh, I'm not going to exempt you from the world, uh, but with my spirit, uh, I'll help you live a life victorious in the world. Lastly, to all of the good saints of the Rock Church that have been battling all week, Anybody been in a battle in this house today? Let me see your hands. Look around. Let me see your hands. Look around, look around. Them people you don't see raising their hands, they probably lied about something else today too. <laughs> this is a war. But this is what Isaiah says. One of my favorite passages of scriptures to a weary warrior in this house today. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he come. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Ooh. I'm telling you, God wants to help a weary warrior this morning. God wants to help a saint of the Rock Church uh, that you've got on your smile and you've even done a little dance, uh, but you limped in here today uh, and you thought the Holy Ghost was going to deliver you, uh, but last night you had to watch a dad hit your mom and you and you just you stumbled and staggered in here today. Uh, you've been battling suicide and depression and fear uh, and you've thought to yourself, it's not supposed to be like this. Uh, and the devil's told you, yeah, uh, it's going to stay like this. Uh, let me tell you, weary warrior, uh, if you can just get in the Holy Ghost today. Uh, for with stammering lips uh, and another tongue uh, will he speak to his people. Uh, saying, uh, saying, uh, saying, uh, saying, uh, this is uh, the rest uh, where will the weary rest. Uh, and this is the the Holy Ghost is getting ready to fall in this house like rain. It's getting ready to set upon believers like fire. I know not to plow in a wet field, and I'm not being a hindrance. I wouldn't even put anybody on the spot. But I just feel impressed to do this. Is there anybody here today without the Holy Ghost that you want the Holy Ghost? Anybody? I know there is. You don't have to come to this front. You just need to, or if you want to come to this front, you come on. You're at a loving place. Come on, if you want the Holy Ghost. Look at these coming. You don't have to be ashamed. Come on up here. You want the Holy Ghost. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, I want you to come. Because God's fixing to give it to everybody that comes up here. I brought you up here because I wanted to just momentarily speak to you. Because I told you that God's going to give it to you, but you have to understand the Bible says you have to believe on him as the scripture says. Come on, there's still more coming. You don't have to be intimidated. Rock churches, you see these coming. I want you to just get, get gathering around them because we're fixing to pray. And let me tell you, weary warriors, you need to find somebody that needs the Holy Ghost to pray with because as they're getting it, you're going to get renewed in it. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Jesus in Acts in Matthew 16 gave Peter the keys of the kingdom. 
In Acts 2, the Holy Ghost fell for the very first time. And it so astounded the multitude that before they asked, what, does, what must we do? They asked, what does this mean? <laughs> Peter gets up and starts preaching. And just, let me tell you, I know you're in the exact same place, those of you that come to this front, or you wouldn't have come to this front. As Peter preached, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts, which means something started stirring up in them that says, this is what I've been looking for and I want it. If I could just find somebody to tell me how to get it. And so they go to Peter, the man with the keys, who is with the rest of the apostles. And for the very first time, the question is asked, what I have to do to get it? And that's why I stopped you today, because I want you to get it. But you have to get it the way they got it, if you want it to do for you what it did for them. And Peter said, it's simple. I'm going to make it so easy that even a child can understand. Ooh. I'm going to tell you, religion has messed up doctrine, not Jesus. I feel such an anointing right now. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is getting ready to help somebody. You, you, you can't even imagine what you're getting ready to walk out of here with, the peace and the joy and the understanding. Another young lady with a beautiful testimony with the goodness and grace of God. You can't even imagine how God's fixed to turn your life around and make you want to live instead of doing what you did last night, praying that you could die. God's fixed to turn it around for you. Peter said, it, it's this easy. You just got to repent. That's not telling God simply, I'm sorry. But that's acknowledging that I can't overcome any other way. I've got to have your help. School can't help me overcome. More money can't help me overcome. A better job can't bring me deliverance. A, a higher education can't do me any good. A, a bigger house, a nicer car, Gucci, Parada, and fancy clothes can't put it back together. And so today, I'm going to quit trying to do it my own self. And I'm going to give my life to you. That's repentance. And here in just a minute, we're going to repent together. We can't repent one for each another. But everybody here today needs to repent. And then when you get through repenting, if you're here today and you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, which is the only way sin can be remitted. Brother Williams, who do we have that they can see when they get through repenting? There's going to be ministers right up here at this front. When you get through repenting, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, repentance gets you forgiveness for your sins. And you're going to feel better just getting forgiven. But that big monkey's going to still be on your back. But what baptism in Jesus' name does, it doesn't just get you forgiveness for the monkey on your back. It leaves the monkey in the water, uh, and you come out being he that the Son is set free. Uh, is free indeed. And this is what I love about Jesus, Brother Williams. You may have messed up your name and can't get credit with the bank, but I've watched God give a lot of people credit at the altar. Because see, he said, repent and be baptized, and then you're going to get the Holy Ghost. You shall receive the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you what I believe, that there's some of you who haven't been baptized yet, but because you've got a made-up mind that before this service is over, you're going to get baptized, 
when you lift your hands and start repenting and asking God to come on the inside of you, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost on credit, knowing that when you get through talking in tongues, uh, you're going to let somebody take you to the water uh, and put you down in Jesus' name. We're not just going to tell God we're sorry, but everybody in this house right now is going to lift their hands, uh, and we're going to pray until a spirit of repentance begins to settle in this house. Uh, come on, I want you to just talk to God in your own way. Uh, I want you to just, you, you, you don't have to have a learned prayer. Uh, you just talk to God like you would talk to somebody that you're pleading to help you. Uh, God, I need your help. Uh, God, I can't do it by myself. Uh, God, I can't do it on my own. Uh, God, I'm frustrated. I'm tired of trying. Uh, but if you'll help me, I'll live for you. Uh, come on, come on, come on, prayer warriors. Uh, repent. Uh, Come on, first-time guest, uh, repent. Uh, the Holy Ghost is getting ready to flow like water in this house. Uh, come on, I want to tell some of you young ladies and some of you young men that's repenting. Uh, those tears that are coming down your cheeks is natural. Uh, it's normal. Uh, it's a sign of repentance. Uh, and somewhere in that repentance, uh, you're going to start speaking in a tongue that you can't understand. Uh, don't you be afraid of it. Uh, it's the Holy Ghost I've been preaching about. Uh, for if you own it, uh, you can have it. You can say. 